a roundup of the main business news from China and elsewhere. This is Global Business. Welcome to this edition of Global Business in Shavanburg in Beijing. Coming up on the program. Historic alliance, Belgian Prime Minister Alexander de Croo embarks on landmark official visit to China, aims to forge strong bilateral ties in 2024. Auto triumph, China achieves remarkable milestone as it merges as the world's leading car exporter in 2023 with output and sales of over 30 million units. Landmark Accord, Argentina and IMF forge groundbreaking agreement on $44 billion loan program, signaling a new era of economic stability and growth. Belgian Prime Minister Alexander de Croo has arrived in Beijing at the start of an official visit to China. The Chinese Foreign Ministry says the two-day visit comes at the invitation of Premier Li Qiang. This is the first visit to China by a European leader in 2024. Yo Yang has more. Belgian Prime Minister Alexander de Croo paid an official visit to China on January 11 and 12 at the invitation of Chinese Premier Li Qiang. This is actually the first visit to China by a European leader in 2024 and also the first high-level engagement between China and Belgium since 2019. One notable thing that starting this January, Belgium assumed the presidency of the Council of the European Union, marking the 13th mandate, and the country will hold the position for a total of six months until June this year. So many believe the cross trade will also focus on the relations between China and the European Union. On the other hand, according to a statement released by the PM's office, the China-Belgium relationship, as well as economic connections between the two sides, will also top the agenda. Belgium's Foreign Minister Aja Lahbib is also in China. She arrived in the city of Shanghai just ahead of the cross trip, and the Belgian media says her visit will focus on fostering economic ties. But she will join the crew in Beijing on Thursday. And the Belgium local media said Chinese President Xi Jinping and Premier Li Qiang are expected to meet with them. The year 2024 marks the 53rd anniversary since China and Belgium established diplomatic ties. As one of the earliest Western countries to cooperate with China, Belgium is currently the seventh largest trading partner with China within the European markets. An article by Chinese ambassador to Belgium, Cao Zhongming, was published in the EU Reporter this week, in which it said that China and Belgium are all-round friendly and cooperative partners, adding that both countries firmly support multilateralism and an open-world economy. In terms of China-EU relations, many analysts say the European Union is facing a rather complex situation at the start of this year after European Council President Charles Michel announced that he will step down early and this setting off a race against the time for EU leaders to find a successor for the key position. Meanwhile, France is reshuffling its own cabinet and welcoming a new Prime Minister. That's actually say all this makes for more uncertainties at the European Council summit to be held this March. And the stable China-EU relationship will have to cope with major issues and the challenges facing the international community. Yu Yang, CGTN, Beijing. Since China and Belgium established diplomatic ties in 1971, bilateral relations have developed steadily with increasing economic and trade cooperation. China remained Belgium's third largest trading partner outside the EU in 2022. 
The Belgian port of Antwerp Bruges, as the largest export port in Europe, hosts cooperation projects under the Belgian Road Initiative. Container traffic between China and this port exceeded 1.7 million in 2022. The two countries are also cooperating on projects in the fields of modern logistics, biopharmaceutical and green development, achieving mutually beneficial and complementary cooperation. Now for more discussions on the China-Belgium ties, we're joined by Wang Le, a researcher at the Center for European Studies of East China Normal University. So what are the potential benefits of this Belgian Prime Minister's visit to China at the beginning of 2024? So this is Alexander de Coeur's first visit to China after taking place as Belgian Prime Minister in 2020 and the first visit by Belgian Prime Minister in eight years. De Coeur also became the first European head of state to visit China in 2024. So Belgium, located in the northwest Europe, is one of the first countries to actively welcome China's reform and opening up policy, and also an important trading partner of China in the EU. This year also marks the 10th anniversary of the establishment of all-round friendly and cooperative partnership between China and Belgium. It is worth looking forward to how the leaders of the two countries will further deepen bilateral relations. Belgium, as we all know, is home to the headquarters of the European Union and is also known as the heart of Europe. So this year, January the 1st, Belgium assumes the rotating presidency of the European Union, which will last for six months. This means that over the next six months, Belgium will play a key role in coordinating the positions and policies of EU member states and leading the way. This president is also important owing to the timing with the European elections in June 2024 in will and under the Belgian pregnancy, more than 500 informal and around 200,000 formal meetings will take place. So in this context, the course with China has attracted more attention on how to promote the development of EU-China relations and balance national and EU interests during his visit to Beijing. And how has the Belt and Road Initiative influenced economic and trade cooperation between the two sides? So Belgium is known as a crossroad of the Europe. So it has innate advantages for being a part of the Belt Road and with its central location in Western Europe. The country is a shipping hub linking both land and sea transportation. China's proposed Belt Road Initiative provides a crucial opportunity for the development of Europe and especially for the port of Antwerp, the second largest port in Europe. It is also important for European transit and is the largest transit European port for connecting with Africa. So sea, land and air connectivity has been greatly enhanced. The logistics parks at the port of Zeeburg and China-Belgium Technology Center are making smooth progress. China-EU direct rail freight service has linked the northern state Chinese cities of Daqing to the Belgian port of Zuburg and also linked Tangshan, Antwerp and Zhengzhou, Liege. China became the third largest customer of the port and Antwerp. Trade in goods has also known as China is now the second largest export and 
impact partner to Belgium outside the EU, the Belgian government has taken part in the Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank, the Belt Road Forum for International Cooperation, the China International Import Expo, and also encouraged Belgium companies to seize opportunities created by the BRI. All right. Thank you so much for your insights. Really appreciate your time. Wang Le, a researcher at the Center for European Studies of East China Normal University. China's foreign ministry says Premier Li Qiang will attend the 2024 World Economic Forum in Switzerland, as well as pay an official visit to Ireland. The visits are at the invitation of uh, WEF founder and executive chairman Klaus Schwab and Swiss President Viola Amhad, as well as Irish Prime Minister Leo Varadkar. The Chinese government has announced new measures to make travel to China easier for foreign nationals. Sun Ye has the details. Five new measures were announced by China's National Immigration Administration on Thursday with immediate effect to make traveling to China easier. They include relaxing conditions for some foreign nationals applying for port visas to enter China. For example, those who need to urgently travel to China can support their application by presenting invitation letters or other relevant supporting documents to the entry port authorities. Foreigners transiting through China en route to another country within 24 hours via one of nine airports, including Beijing Capital International Airport, can do so without being subjected to inspection procedures. Applications for visas to be extended, reissued or replaced by foreign nationals living in China can be made at more closer by locations than previously permitted. Foreign nationals who need to enter and exit China multiple times can now apply for multiple entry visas, and visa application document requirements have been simplified. As China's economy continues to recover and improve, and the level of opening up continues to expand, Chinese and foreign enterprises and people have many new demands for immigration management services. The NIA will actively coordinate with relevant authorities to make it easier for foreigners coming to China for business, study and travel. We'll continue to improve immigration management services and policies and accelerate institutional opening up and create a first-class business environment. China announced a visa-free policy for ordinary passport holders from Germany, France, Italy, Spain, the Netherlands and Malaysia starting December the 1st. And according to NIA, until January the 9th, close to 150,000 trips from these six countries were made into China. Officials also say in 2023, over 210 million trips were made into China. And the number is over 62 percent of the number in 2019. Officials also expect that number to continue to rise in 2024. Sun Ye, CGTN, Beijing. Still to come. China achieves remarkable milestone as it emerges as the world's leading car exporter in 2023 with output and sales of over 30 million units. Every January, Global leaders from the realms of policy, business, and civil society gather in the Swiss ski town of Davos to discuss the state of the world. The World Economic Forum 2024 is placing its focus on rebuilding trust. CGTN will be on the ground in Davos, 
reporting the latest insights and perspectives and ensuring that China's voice is also heard. Stay tuned for this exclusive coverage, the World Economic Forum 2024, only on CGTN. China is set to take the crown as the world's largest car exporter in 2023. The China Association of Automobile Manufacturers said on Thursday that production and sales had exceeded 30 million units for the first time, hitting a record high. China exported nearly 5 million vehicles to over 200 countries and regions last year, marking an increase of 58 percent from 2022. The organization said the new energy vehicle industry has been a major force in China's auto market. Last year, domestic sales of NEVs increased by 33% to over 8 million units. China exported 1.2 million units, marking an increase of more than 77%. In the meantime, China's BYD ousted Tesla as the world's top seller of new energy cars in the last quarter of 2023. The city of Szeged in southern Hungary is getting ready to make its mark on the global automobile industry as it welcomed China's leading electric vehicle manufacturer, BYD. BYD is building its first European production facility for electric cars there. Our correspondent uh, Pablo Guterres reports. The new factory from the world's largest electric automaker is poised to give a significant boost to the local Hungarian economy. Just because of this project, uh, this area uh, will have the certain place on the map. Antal Joseph Metzados is the CEO of one of the companies involved in building the roads near BYD's upcoming manufacturing plant. He anticipates an increased demand for even more infrastructure projects once the factory's construction starts. By the last year, we employed uh, 123 uh, th uh, people. Yeah. Would you be hiring more if you get the contract to the we will. we will. Yeah? We will hire and we can hire. BYD's manufacturing plant will cover approximately three square kilometers and is expected to create approximately 3,000 jobs in Szeged and the surrounding area. According to Hungary's government, this initiative is one of the most substantial investments in the country's recent history. The presence of a multinational company is significant because it sets in motion a multiplying effect in our city. Dr. Attila Kukuti is the president of Seget's Chamber of Commerce and Industry. He says BYD's investment will significantly enhance the local economy. Seget's primary industries are food processing and agriculture, but the local Chamber of Commerce says that the establishment of BYD's manufacturing plant here will have a ripple effect on other segments of the economy, such as tourism, retail, and services making it more attractive to visitors and boosting the city's economy. Last year, BYD sold 1.8 million battery-powered vehicles worldwide, including plug-in hybrids, outpacing Tesla, which sold 1.3 million electric cars. And the long term is that this positions Hungary really at the heart of this green transition to electric vehicles. BYD's planned factory will be closed to the Belgrade-Budapest railway line currently under construction. And for this factory to be there on that rail line right beside the Serbian border uh, means that it's an, it's an important uh, plus for Hungary. It shows that this uh, new railway that's being developed will stimulate new industry. 
BYD's plant will be constructed in multiple phases over the course of three years. Hungary is accelerating infrastructure projects with the aim they will solidify the country's status as a key European hub for battery and electric vehicle manufacturers. Pablo Gutierrez, CGTN, Second Hungary. Now for more discussions on the Chinese automobile market, we're joined by Jeffrey Gui, principal at uh, Kearney in the studio. Jeffrey, good to see you. Um, so you first, let's talk about um, the, you know, the recent data that we're seeing, right? China's production um, and sales data, really, really great numbers. Uh, yeah. What kind of insights can we draw from these numbers? And um, are there any notable trends that you're witnessing that's shaping the whole uh, EV market? Yeah, of course. I mean, if you look at the digits itself, right, it's really promising and exciting figures, right, in the past three years. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, it's representing that China automotive industry is really entering this maturing stage mm -hmm. uh, globally. And uh, if you take a deeper look at the figure itself, right, and you will recognize that the quality of the development is actually um, on the uprising side as well. Uh, first of all, the domestic brands, uh, they're occupying uh, almost half of the sales volumes in general. And uh, within the NEV segment uh, specifically, um, the, the occupation would be as large as 80% and above. And um, for the NEVs, it's not existing in every uh, like lower price range um, mm -hmm. in comparison with previous years. Mm -hmm. But most recently, um, the, the, the NEV has been penetrating significantly within the higher price range as well. Namely, like the cars being sold uh, about 500K mm -hmm. RMB. So it's a very promising upward trend with high qualities. And if you look at the industry value itself in general, um, the car value are being sold at a higher price um, in, yeah. in comparison with what five, 10 years ago, right? We were selling, known as selling cheaper cars yeah. back then. But now the, the cars have been added on ADAS features, smart and digital features. Um, so the, the younger generations can enjoy it more. So it's not just purely a price competition. It's no, not, we're not um, just trying to. No, actually, yeah. the, uh, within the NEV segments, mm -hmm. uh, one key trend in the coming couple of years, as Kearney observed, uh, would be that more innovation will be happening in this market segment specifically. Uh, meaning some of the technologies we have previously enjoyed only mm -hmm. through smartphones mm -hmm. um, will be occupied in our um, smart vehicles itself. You can treat it as a smart device uh, from now on. And then um, more you know, capital investment or participants um, will be invested more heavily in this uh, smart features and digital features going forward. Yeah. And most importantly, um, the cost advantage of the supply chain uh, of all the participants upstream will be um, having a long-standing effect towards the industry in general mm -hmm. as well. And uh, on the other hand, the availability of the vehicle uh, will becoming higher as well because, um, um, uh, you know, inevitably by the year of 2030, mm -hmm. we'll estimated like 35 million vehicles will be sold in China market alone. Wow. So that's, um, you know, the, the customers will be presented so many choices. They will be having so many redundant or redundant mm -hmm. uh, uh, options to choose from. And um, not, not to mention the, the channel options. They can, uh, you know, buy a car through digital apps. They can buy the car from vertical websites. They can visit the stores in the format of a 4S, a traditional way, or they can choose a more uh, innovative uh, channel format, such as pop-up stores or mall stores. So um, more interactive experiences will be presented to the consumers so that the availability of the vehicle itself will be boosted up. 
Um, in the meantime, inevitably, uh, we think that this um, prosperous um, outlook of the automotive industry in general uh, will be embracing a wave of consolidation uh, within China market, not only among the OEMs, but also for the tier one suppliers upstreamly, because inevitably, globally, look, um, once a market entering this maturing stage, um, some of them will be outperforming than the others, mm -hmm. and then, uh, then um, you know, driven by capital, driven by cost of um, you know economic economic scale, yeah. or consumer uh, groups uh, overlapping, uh, there will be consolidation happening in this market. Uh, we think it's one of the key trends going on in the coming year as well. And most importantly, as you mentioned before, in um, export data, um, you know, China OEMs are going overseas. Yeah. They're selling cars overseas, not only among the domestic brand, mm -hmm. but also the joint ventures, meaning the foreign brand has the in invested plant here on site, mm -hmm. uh, will be um, selling their cars manufactured in China yeah. globally. So as you mentioned, right, we're, we're not just doing well in China. They're doing well also globally, and the export numbers are great as well. We're yep. crowning as the, uh, the, the, the number one exporter in the world, overtaking Japan. Um, what's behind this push, and uh, has the Belt and Road Initiative played any role in this? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the export data I just shared, it's pretty exciting, mm -hmm. right? We have uh, double-digit growth yeah. in the past three years consecutively, right? And uh, we have um, um, outperformed Japan uh, as, you, as you speak. But in the back end, it's, um, um, it's a pure demand meets supply uh, kind of a, a philosophy because um, the foreign countries, more like developed countries, have very aggressive um, decarbonization uh, targets. Um, and transportation sector is one of the most aggressively um, regulated uh, market segments per se. So that um, when the consumers, or the, the government in general, is incentivizing the, the, the consumers to have um, grab their hands on the NEV product, whereas China markets have a very competitive product portfolios at the same time, then it will be a right click, right? Mm -hmm. Um, other than that, I think Chinese OEMs, including BYDs and other Sherry and Great Wall, has done a tremendous job um, in shifting their mindset, first of all. Uh, they're no longer treating the overseas market as one of their you know, um, sales target countries, right? They're treating them as a very strategic option going forward because they wanted to position themselves um, at the ladder of the top tier one OEMs globally, not just in China. So overseas market will be an inevitable next step mm -hmm. for all of them. So strategic positioning changed or shift uh, their mindset towards that market, overseas markets. Uh, meanwhile, they have customized their product portfolio based mm -hmm. on overseas markets customer demands, right? Um, they want to drive um, on the left-hand side, on the right-hand right. side. Someone does not prefer a big screen in their cockpit, then probably they will remove it for the targeted markets consumers. Yeah, different size for different, different countries. Different size for different countries. Yeah. And then um, on the other hand, their organization is becoming more agile um, or customized based on the, the target market's actual situation. Whether it requires a sales company, mm -hmm. whether it requires only a sales agency, whether it has just one top sellers in the market, um, will be suffice. Then, yeah. Different OEMs are actually thinking out of the box uh, to tackle different market dynamics. And um, at, the, at the same time, I think overseas consumers are viewing Chinese brands very differently mm -hmm. nowadays, especially pushed by the NEV um, going, going abroad trend, right? Uh, they're viewing China uh, uh, manufactured uh, vehicles no longer as a cheap product, mm -hmm. but rather a, a tech product. Mm -hmm. Chi ha hence, <laughs> China's brand has been viewed as a tech country 
in a, in some um, you know context. Yeah. So um, the digitalized product will be um, a, a top seller in the target market as well. So know your customers, be adaptive, be innovative, and act fast. Exactly. Thank you so much for your insights. Great to have you on the show, Jeffrey Gray, a principal at Kearney for us. Argentina and the International Monetary Fund, or IMF, have recently concluded the details of an agreement for Argentina's $44 billion loan program. As a result, a higher than expected amount of $4.7 billion has been released with the aim of stabilizing Argentina's economy and addressing its debt challenges. CGTN's Joel Richards has more. The agreement between Argentina and the IMF eases pressure on Javier Millet's government, which faces multi-billion dollar debt repayments in the coming weeks, but depleted reserves in the central bank. Argentina will be able to access $4.7 billion, which it could then use to honor payments to the IMF itself. This agreement is just the latest episode in what is a complicated relationship. Argentina is the IMF's largest debtor, owing nearly three times more than the institution's second largest debtor, Egypt. Argentina received a $44 billion bailout in 2018 under conservative president Mauricio Macri. That record loan failed to offset the country's currency crisis. The Peronist government of Alberto Fernandez then renegotiated a new deal with the IMF. That's the one that Millet has inherited. Millet's government has stated its primary aim is to reduce the budget deficit to zero, devaluing the currency by 54% in the first week after Millet took office in December. The government has moved swiftly with stern austerity measures. This week, Congress began debating a controversial, far-reaching deregulation bill. Just one month into his term, Millet's government is already facing resistance to his drastic policies, both in Congress and on the streets. The country's largest trade union has called for a general strike on January 24th. Joel Richards, CGTN, Buenos Aires. U.S. securities regulators have granted approval for a range of Bitcoin exchange-traded funds, or ETFs, a decision that has been eagerly anticipated and is expected to have a positive impact on the cryptocurrency market. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, or SEC, announced on Wednesday that it has approved 11 ETF proposals, which are set to be floated by firms such as BlackRock and Fidelity. Trading for most of these ETFs is expected to begin on Thursday. This approval is seen as a significant milestone for the ETF industry, providing increased options for investors looking to engage with cryptocurrencies, as noted by some cryptocurrency traders. However, despite the potential benefits, concerns have been raised by certain officials and investors regarding the associated risks. Experts have cautioned that Bitcoin remains vulnerable, leading them to label the approval of these ETFs as a historic mistake. And that will do it for this edition of Global Business. I'm Jeff Berg in Beijing. 